I've entitled the message for this morning, Will You Also Go Away? That was the Lord's question to his 12 disciples as he watched the multitude leave. Will you also go away? The Son of God, Jesus Christ the Lord, was a preacher. A lot of times we don't think of him, or at least I don't think of him in that light as a preacher. We think of him as the Son of God, the Savior, the second person of the Trinity. He was a preacher. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I must preach the kingdom of God in other cities, for therefore am I sent, sent to preach the gospel. Charles Spurgeon has been called the prince of preachers. I don't think so. Here is the prince of preachers. He spake as never man spake. During the three years of his public ministry, he preached many sermons. You can read those in the Gospels, and there are many sermons he preached that are not recorded. Most people are familiar with what is called the Sermon on the Mount. I would say most people in the United States have heard of the Sermon on the Mount. They may not know what it's in the sermon, but most people have heard the Sermon on the Mount. In John chapter 6, we have one of his most poignant and piercing sermons, the sermon preached at Capernaum. We've been seven or eight weeks in this chapter, and this is the conclusion of this sermon preached in Capernaum. And his concluding comment was in verse 64 after this message, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me. Except it were given unto him of my Father. You do not believe, you cannot come to me. You lack the ability to come to me, to believe, in your heart to bow the knee to me and acknowledge who I am. To find in me your all in all. 
to me to be my true disciple and follower of me. You lack the ability to come to me. You cannot come to me except it were given you of my Father. Now those are the words of the Lord. And this apparently was the straw that broke the camel's back. Verse 66, from that, from that time, I suppose that is included in this meaning, but from that sermon, from that word that they were offended by, from that time, many of his disciples went back. Now, these were people who professed to be his disciples. They went back. And the word is interesting. It means not with a bang. They sunk away. They retired, as it were. They didn't leave with a blast. They they sought to leave unnoticed. They put their head down and they went back to walk no more with him. Now that is such a, um, a disconcerting thing. These people claimed to be his disciples. And they went back and walked no more with him. And one of the things that um, I find scary, is that the right word? Is that he made no comment to them as he watched them leave. He didn't say, maybe you did, maybe you misunderstood what I said. Let me try to rephrase that. No, he watched them leave with no comment. Boy, I hate to think of the Lord having no comment for me. He watched them leave. No comment. And then he looked at the twelve and said, Will you also go away? You see, the Lord's not going to have any unwilling disciples. He watched them leave. And he said, you want to go with them? Will you also go away? Now, I want to give a brief synopsis of what he said in this message. Look in verse 29. Of John chapter 6. Verse 28. Then said they unto him. What shall we do? That we might work the works of God. Well if you ask the average preacher. That question. He'd have a whole list of things you need to do. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God. That gets my attention. 
This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. In verse 37, Verse 36, but I said unto you that you have seen me and believe not. He said that, we've already read where he said that at the end of the message. You've seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. He's talking about divine election. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. God the Father gave Christ to people. Before the foundation of the world. In his great high priestly prayer for his people. He said. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. But for them. Which you have given me. Verse 39. And this is the father's will which has sent me. That of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. But raise it up again at the last day. Now this is a reference to the Lord's death for the elect. Of those you've given me, I won't lose one of them. Everybody that Jesus Christ died for must be saved. If Jesus Christ shed his precious blood for me, I must be saved. If a preacher preaches that Jesus Christ shed his blood for all men without exception, that man does not know the gospel. That teaching says that he can shed his blood for you and you might wind up in hell anyway if you don't do your part. That is salvation by works. That's all it is. Look in verse 44. He said, no man can come to me. Verse 43, Jesus answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. You know, I think about this word murmur. That's disapproval rating. (laughs) A disapproval rating. They were disapproving of what he said. They didn't like this. He said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him irresistibly, invincibly draw him. You won't come to Christ. I won't come to Christ unless the Father draws me to him. Look in verse 45. It's written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Now, there's his irresistible, invincible grace. Everyone that's heard and learned of the Father, they will come to me. Verse 50, this is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. This is the perseverance of all of God's people. They eat upon Christ, eat his flesh, drink his blood. That's not cannibalism. 
That's a, that which keeps me alive, that which causes me to persevere, is his broken body and his shed blood. I live on that. That's all that gives me life. Now, this is the message that he brought at this time with regard to these disciples. Now, here was their response to this message in verse 59. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum, the message of Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, everything that was said, they said, this is an hard saying. This is disagreeable. This is harsh. This is severe. This is inhumane. Unsympathetic toward men. This is a harsh saying. This is how they heard this. Severe. Who can hear it? Who can be expected to listen to things of this nature? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. You know, this word is repeated over and over in this chapter. Murmuring. Their disapproval rating. We don't approve of what has been said. He said unto them, doth this offend you? Do you find this offensive? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? Now what he's saying is, you hear me saying this now and you're offended? When I speak from the right hand of the Father, you'll really be offended then. It is, verse 63, it is God the Holy Spirit that quickeneth or gives life the flesh Prophets, nothing. Now, if you're going to have life before God, it's only because God gives it to you. He quickens you. This is talking about the new birth, his, his giving of life. Where you were dead, and now you live. It's the Spirit that quickens. In John chapter 5, he says, As the Father raises the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickens whom he will. The Father quickens, the Son quickens, God the Holy Spirit quickens gives life it's the spirit that quickens that gives life the flesh profits nothing how much does your flesh have to do with salvation nothing to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name, which were born. They were birthed. They were quickened. Not of blood, not because your mom and dad were saved, not of the will of the flesh, not as an act of man's free will, not of the will of man, not because a bunch of men got together and said, we're going to pray through until this takes place, but of God. The words 
that I speak unto you that you find harsh, that you find disagreeable, that you murmur at, that you're not rejoicing in. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He is saying, every word I've said in this particular message, the words of which you say, they're hard sayings, hard sayings, who can hear them? They're words of spirit, inspired by God the Holy Spirit. Words of life. There is no spiritual life. Listen to this statement. There is no spiritual life apart from hearing and receiving these words. Now you can draw any implication you want from that, but that's the truth. There is no spiritual life apart from hearing and receiving these words. Words, but, verse 64, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. You know, the Lord knows everything. He knows what's in my heart right now. He knows what's in your heart right now. He knows every thought passing through your mind. He's in control of everything. That's who he is. He knows. He knows. Now, I can fool you, but I can't fool him. You can fool me, but you can't fool him. He knows. He knows. He's God. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's God. He knows. Jesus knew from the beginning (laughs) who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Now the way the Lord says things is the way they ought to be said. Amen. How he says it, it's best. Somebody says, well, why would he say that? Because it's the best thing to say. And that's what he says. Verse 66, from that time, Many of his disciples went back. From this message, from this statement, many of his disciples went back. They receded. They faded away, attempting to go unnoticed, without noise, retiring, as it were. I'm retiring from this. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm retiring. No affiliation. Many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Oh, I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be you. I want to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to walk with him. You know, we read in that passage that Claire read when they 
perceive the boldness of Peter and John and perceive that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They took knowledge of them that they'd been with Jesus. I want to be one of these people, don't you? Somebody with him. But these people walked no more with him. And he asks this question to the twelve. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? He's not going to have an unwilling disciple. Will you also go away? Is that your desire? Now, we have two groups with two wills. One group willed to go away. That was their desire. That's what they wanted to do. There was another group that was not their will at all. They did not want to go away. Now, these groups are the two representative groups, aren't they? Those who will to follow Christ, that's what they want to do. That's their want to. And those who do not, they willed to go back. Now, the difference between these two groups, as far as what we can see, is their wills. Now, your will is what you really are. Not so much what you do. That doesn't really so much say as much about you as what you want to do. Your will. Everybody has a will. We do what we want to do. That's why you can't say, the devil made me do it. No, you did what you wanted to do. Everybody has a will. That being said... There's no such thing as free will. Yes, we have a will, but there is no such thing as free will. That's a given with most people. Why? Of course, there is free will. You won't get that from Scripture. Free will? Your will is controlled by your nature. That's simple enough. Um, a tiger could eat grass if he wanted to. Who's going to stop him? <laughs> but it's against his nature. Your will is controlled by your nature. That's true with regard to every. Even, I want to say this reverently, but even God doesn't have a free will in the sense that he... He can't will to sin. It's against his nature. He cannot lie, the scripture says. It's against his nature. He's holy. He has a will, and his will is always done. But his will is controlled by his holy nature, who he is. Now, here we have two people with two different wills. One group, the majority, willed to 
go back and follow him no more. And the Lord said, will you also go away? Is that your desire? Will you also go away? Now, at one time, both of these groups had the same will. Turn with me for a moment. Hold your finger there and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And you, verse 1, hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world. This was your will. This was your life. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires, the will of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, just like everybody else. Everybody was in this demographic. But God. There's the difference. But God, not but you, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. God gives a new will. Psalm 110.3 says, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. This is one of the most amazing things about the Lord. I can't make anybody willing. You know the saying, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. I can't make anybody willing. He can. He can make you willing so that every believer can say, With Paul in Romans chapter 7, to will is present with me. I would see Jesus. I would walk with him. I would be holy. I would be merciful. I would be forgiving. I would be lowly and humble and brokenhearted. I would be poor in spirit. I would mourn. I would be meek. I would hunger and thirst after righteousness. I would be pure in heart. I would be a peacemaker. I would be merciful. I would be persecuted for righteousness. I would count that my greatest honor to be persecuted for his righteousness sake. I would. I will. That's, that's my desire. You see, he's given me a new will. He's given me a new want to. I would what I used to wouldn't. Now I would. Now I would. What a blessing to have him making me willing. 
Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. <laughs> have you ever thought about that? What did he will? I want mercy. You're getting it. You're getting it. Bartimaeus, the Lord said, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Receive your sight. Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. You know what he did when he went his way? He followed Jesus in the way. Willing. The difference between these two groups is seen in how they saw the words of Christ. Harsh words or words of spirit and words of life. And this is so important. How do you see? How do you see? How do I see? I'm speaking to myself. How do I see his words? Do I see them as harsh words? Unfeeling? Dry? Dry doctrine? Or do I see them as the very words of life? That there is no life apart from these words. I find this an experience with myself. Now listen to me. When he said, um, this is the will of him that sent me. Uh, when he said, uh, this is the work. This is the, verse 29. I'm not quoting it right. 28. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. That is all I have. Right now. And if that's not the truth, I will not be saved. This is words of spirit and words of life. When he said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. I know the only way I come to him is if I'm given to him of the Father and I won't be saved without this. I will not be saved. This is life. This is not just getting my doctrine straightened out. This is life. I know the only hope that I have is if Jesus Christ died for me and put away my sins and made me to be acceptable and perfect before God. That is life. That's not Calvinism versus Arminianism. That's life. This is the gospel. This is not reformed doctrine. It's God's doctrine. It's the truth. I know this. If he doesn't draw me irresistibly and invincibly... I'll never come to him. This is life to me. I must be drawn of the Father. And I say, Lord, draw me. Draw us and we'll run after thee, like the Shulamite said in the Song of Solomon. I need the kind of grace that teaches me and every man that's heard and learned of the Father comes to me. I these are words of spirit and these are words of life. Will you also, now think of the Lord saying this, 
will you also go away? Could you attend a place where this is not preached? Could you? Will you also go away? I love Peter's answer. Verse 67 or verse 68. Then Simon Peter answered him. Lord. He's the Lord. He's my Lord. He's your Lord, whether you know it or not. He's the Lord. He's the Lord of the dead and the living. He's the Lord. You know him when you know he's the Lord. Now understand this with regard to faith. Faith is knowing who he is. That's what faith is. It's knowing who he is. You won't trust him unless you know who he is. If you know who he is, you will trust him. You won't have any choice. I love the way Peter said, to whom shall we go? Lord, to whom shall we go? It's not like we have an option. It's not like we have a choice. It's not like there's any other place we could go. What, he wants to go to the law? He wants to go to salvation by works? Well, there's no place to go. Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. These words that they're calling harsh words. We call words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ. The son of the living God. Are you positively sure that you are saved? As soon as I ask that question, a question mark comes in your mind. You hope you are. You hope you are. And really, if we look to Christ, we ought to have full assurance. If I don't have full assurance of my salvation, it's because I'm looking here somewhere. I'm looking to my works or my experience or my uh, growth. Or uh, We ought to have full assurance. But here's something we do have full assurance with regard. We believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ is God the Son. God's Christ. God's prophet. He is the word of God. God's priest. If he represents me, I must be saved. God's king. He's the king to make sure I do what he wills for me to do because he's got the power to do it. I need him as prophet, priest, and king. We believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 70, Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12? I love that. There's 12 that didn't go with the rest. 
who went away. There's only 12. What does the Lord say? Well, you guys really made a good choice. I'm glad you did that. Had not I chosen you, 12. You did not choose me, but I chose you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And when he says one of you is a devil, he's talking about Judas Iscariot. He's not going to continue. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him being one of the twelve. Will you also go away? Lord, where would we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Let's pray. Lord, I ask, we ask together. In Christ's name, that each individual in this room might answer with Peter when asked, will you also go away? Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, God's Christ, the Son of the living God. Bless this word for your glory and for our good. In Christ's name we pray.